This week saw the biggest single loss for Israel in Gaza since the war began with 24 soldiers killed on the 22nd of January in two separate attacks, bringing its total loss of life to over 200 on the Israeli side since October 7th. Israel has called up about 360,000 reservists and tens of thousands of soldiers have been sent to fight inside Gaza, where 25,000 Palestinians have been killed in the past three months. In recent weeks, the Israeli military was deepening its ground operations in southern Gaza, particularly in Khan Yunus, near three crucial hospitals that Israel claims are holding Hamas leaders. Israel says that the city of Gaza is now completely surrounded, with the majority of Gaza residents living in tents near the Rafah borders with Egypt. So what is the current state of this ground invasion? Which phase is this war in now? And what exactly is Israel's military plan? This is Beyond the Headlines, and I'm your host, Nadal Taher. This week, I've spoken to the Nationals' own security correspondent, Thomas Harding, and retired Lieutenant General Mark Schwartz, who is the former U.S. Security Coordinator for Israel and the Palestinian Authority and is currently a senior fellow at the Rand Corporation. Thomas, you've been closely following the Israeli military's movements inside Gaza since October 7. Can you give us an overview of the current situation? And is this attempt to, quote, eliminate Hamas proving more difficult than Israel thought it would? It's certainly much longer than any previous operation they have done in Gaza. But the war aims to destroy Hamas has never been there before. So to achieve that, most analysts would suggest that's near impossible. But to get close to it, they have to be very thorough and methodical. And they that will take time to go into tunnels, but also clearing all the buildings. The Israelis will argue that they will try and minimize civilian casualties, but 25,000 plus dead uh, suggests otherwise. So it, it is very difficult. I think potentially the war is harder, more challenging, more grueling than the Israelis thought they weren't. Have they prepared for this? Probably not. They haven't probably, before they launched it, they had very rapid planning. But had their military ever contemplated the scenario where they would have to eliminate entirely Hamas? Unlikely. So a lot of this will be done on the hoof. A lot of it will be would have been pre-planned, but they would be learning on the job, which comes back to your first question is, you know, that is why they are going back and retraining and then returning to the front with soldiers who are, who are more aware of you know, their, yeah, their, their situational awareness is, is, is vastly improved. For example, yesterday you got 20 or on Monday, 21 soldiers outside of their armored vehicles in a zone where the enemy are present, to to that their, their enemy is present, where the Hamas is present, that's a lot of soldiers out of their armoured protection who are exposed to potential enemy fire, which suggests that, that, that those sort of drills need to be improved to make sure that you do not have as many soldiers who are vulnerable. So those are one of the things that they will look at. Can you tell us more about the tactics that are being used by Hamas fighters who have relatively rudimentary weapons in comparison to Israel's military to incur such large losses, like the most recent one where 21 Israeli soldiers were killed this week. 
to answer your question on Hamas tactics, Hamas would almost know for certain that Israel would invade Gaza after the October 7th attack. So the they would have been prepared for it. They would be pretty well trained. They would have had a lot of experience from um, previous Israeli incursions into Gaza, and they would be able to evolve their tactics as well. The situation, I mean, it's a little bit different to the situation in Lebanon I mentioned with the house that was blown up. This seemed to be a house that the Israelis were putting mines and explosives in to blow it up. And by misfortune for the Israelis, that explosive was triggered after a Makava tank was hit by an RPG round. So it was not necessarily refined tactics by Hamas. That's not to say they don't have refined tactics. They're certainly able to operate what we would call complex ambushes, whereby you would have potentially drones, snipers, RPGs, and people calling in mortar fire in order to to take on the Israeli sort of dismounted infantry, those who are not in armoured vehicles. But also, it does suggest that the RPG did get through the Merkava tanks defensives. They have uh, a, quite a good, a strong defensive system called Trophy, which can take out incoming missiles. But as the Ukraine war has demonstrated, armour is highly vulnerable to, it's still vulnerable if you hit in the right place to incoming missiles. Thomas, Israeli officials have repeatedly said that it's going to take a full year to quote-unquote clean Gaza. Is this really what we're expecting? And how much more is there left to clean anyway? We predicted when the operation began that it could take up to a year to clear hold all of Gaza. Whether that's realistic or not now is up for question, really, because the operation must be reaching its conclusion in a military context. Yesterday's loss or, or Monday's loss of life um, will have an influence and impact on the operation, but the Israelis will continue regardless for now, unless they continue suffering significant loss of life. But it is pretty clear that the operation from a political context will have to reduce in its intensity because it's the Israeli position appears to be getting unsustainable with its support from Washington. So I would say less than a year now, but it could still run for months. Despite the U.S. calls for scaling back its operations, Israel keeps defending its moves inside Gaza. This week, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said the operations being carried out by the soldiers were vital to Israel's objectives in the besieged enclave. And far-right National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir, who has called for Israel to reoccupy Gaza, has also said that the fighting must not be reduced. But there have been several reports of downsizing in the number of Israeli troops in Gaza, signaling a possible shift in tactics. To know more about that, I've spoken to retired U.S. Lieutenant General Mark Schwartz. So this week, Israel said that it lost 24 troops in two operations in one day, the largest loss that it had incurred since the war began on October 7th. Do you think that this has any bearing at all on the wider operations and whether this is going to cause Israel to change tactics, for example? Uh, I don't think it's going to have an impact on the wider operations. Uh, it sounds from what I've seen in the reporting, there's a collapse of uh, structures that were already previously damaged and there were several IDF soldiers that were crushed in the rubble, is what I understand. So 
unfortunate, as just as unfortunate as the uh, loss of innocent Palestinians that have died throughout this conflict and uh, buildings that have been uh, damaged and destroyed. So obviously, the IDF and the ground commanders are going to look at this situation and, and learn from it and understand the some of the structures that they're they're operating in and take that into account. But I, I do not think um, it's a consequence of combat, a consequence of war that you're going to lose soldiers as, as a result of, of fighting. And sometimes it happens in cases like this, certainly not unprecedented. In January, Israel said it has pulled several thousand troops from the Gaza Strip. How should we be seeing this move? Is it a new phase in the war or just a remobilization? Is it a withdrawal? How can it be interpreted? Sure. So at the outset of the ground campaign, certainly Israel, like any military force, wants to have tactical overmatch in terms of overwhelm the area that uh, they're initially trying to establish a foothold as, as that was done in northern Gaza and the environs of Gaza City, ultimately Gaza City, and then they proceeded north. So as the uh, ground campaign has continued over time and the IDF have gained a better understanding, both the ground commanders and senior commanders, of the nature of the Hamas threat, where Hamas uh, was retrograding to and consolidating to, which was Han Yunus and, and the Rafa area where the fighting is going on now. The amount of troops that are necessary to both secure the access into the Gaza Strip, but also to continue the, the operations in the future, aren't as great. Another key factor is that, as we've heard in the news, the prime minister, as well as Gallant, have said, as has the chief of the IDF general staff, Alavi, that this is going to be a long and enduring uh, campaign. And so they had to take a look at that initial deployment of forces that they needed, the activation of, I think, 280 plus thousand reservists to support the Northern Front, Gaza, and obviously a central command in the West Bank and realize that hey, we've got to bring, we've got to deactivate some of the reservists because of the impact on the economy, the view of the long range campaign, as well as the active forces that they had deployed initially. They've made the assessment being the ground commanders and up to the chief of general staff that not as many forces are needed. The last point I would make is that I, the, nature of the campaign has shifted from what we saw early on, even though there's been a significant loss of, of innocent life. The focus of operations are, I think, more precise, more focused on where uh, strongholds are, have been identified over the course of the last 115 days. Um, and you've seen the uh, intelligence that's been gathered off of, off the battlefield from uh, computers that have been taken, potentially some of the uh, Hamas operatives that have been captured and not killed to understand where the enemy is operating. And as a result of that, as you gain more intelligence, you have a better understanding of where the threat is, is residing, where it's going to present itself, the threat being Hamas uh, militants. And so by that nature, there's not as many forces that are required. So I think you touched upon this in your first answer, but are we still realistically expecting this operation to last for an entire year, the way that it's going so far? Yes, I, I think so. And and what I think that 
is really important to understand is that we've heard at the very senior levels that within the Israeli government, there's no intention to have an enduring occupation of the Gaza Strip. So it's early to see if that's going to play out. Ideally, that is the case. But what cannot happen if Israel achieves its military objectives of eliminating Hamas militants, Hamas leadership, military leadership in the Gaza Strip, and the governing capability of Hamas, to whatever degree that is, they can't leave a security and a governance vacuum. And so it's going to take months, if not a couple of years, in my view, have, in, in my experience as a security coordinator working in Israel and with the Palestinians, to reestablish, to vet, to train, and then ultimately deploy Palestinian security forces that can take over the responsibility of security and to secure the populace, first and foremost, inside of Gaza. That's not an easy task. And, and while that's ongoing, with ideally significant support from the Arab community, you still have to have maintained security for rule of law. And there's also going to be, I think, an enduring presence of, they're not going to get all the Hamas militants, all the Palestinian Islamic Jihad militants. You also have a lot of militias that operate inside of Gaza. So it, it's, a, it's a significant security responsibility that's going to have to take place. And so while, that, while you build up that capability of Palestinians, um, you've got to maintain security. And so I think from the Israeli point of view, they're going to want to maintain uh, security and protect you know, the sovereignty of, of their country. But at the same time, they, they've also got to provide an environment to where whatever agreements brokered between the Palestinian Authority, Israel, and the international uh, community, that security is maintained and there's protection of human life after combat operations are, are, are complete. I was watching a briefing recently with a former Israeli general who said that the troops that are returning to Israel are returning for retraining and to unlearn some of the things that they learned in their war with Hezbollah in Lebanon. Can you explain what that means in terms of um, the differences in terrains, weapons capabilities in Gaza versus Lebanon? And what do the troops need to learn versus what do they need to unlearn? Well, there's been no more uh, stressful and challenging environment than the soldiers that have been operating in the Gaza Strip on a very dense urban terrain. And then obviously with the significant destruction that Israel has caused throughout the air campaign and, and then the ongoing ground and air campaign, it's a different environment in terms of the close urban combat that has been taking place there. And how weapons, especially once the ground offensive started, are being employed versus what's happening up in northern uh, Israel right now against Lebanese Hezbollah. So most of the engagements that have taken place have been, there's certainly been significant rocket attacks that have, that have occurred out of from Lebanese Hezbollah into northern Israel, but also a lot of anti-tank fire that, that's taken place. And the response of the ground forces that are in static defensive positions, primarily up in, up in uh, northern Israel, they, they have the ability to optimize the range of their weapon systems and the protection that a lot of those weapons platforms provide them throughout the course of their operations. Firing a lot of long-range artillery, certainly with their the artillery systems that they the, the IDF have deployed up there. So it's just a different environment. Now, if 
in the event that conflict in the north expanded to where you actually saw ground forces moving into southern Lebanon, which I don't assess that's going to happen unless you see a major shift in escalation on behalf of Lebanese Hezbollah. But the terrain is much different. You're you're not uh, initially going into you know densely urban terrain like or are seeing in the Gaza Strip. So there are definitely different tactics and techniques for the employment of force as well as the use of the weapon systems that, that Israel has. That's all for today. Follow the nationalnews.com for more in-depth analysis on the Israel Gaza war and subscribe to this channel to get all the episodes as soon as they come out. This episode was produced by Dua Farid and Arthur Edison and I'm your host Nadal Tahir.